0: And welcome (laughs) to episode 37 of Sports Banter with
1: Mr. Peanut And the polar bear, of course It's been a minute, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, you know, sports have been moving, life's been moving as well, you know
0: (laughs) You know, hey, sometimes life gets in the way of our beautiful podcast
1: That's right, and you know, with us running this shit, we can do whatever the fuck we want Right,
0: and we pick up where we left off, many things have happened since then Good lord Many things Yeah And most notably, well, one of the most notable things that have happened in sports is the World Series, which has ended. It has ended. The Braves win for the first time since, I think, what was it, 1985, actually. Yeah,
1: I want to say it was 85, somewhere in the 80s, but I mean, you know, it's it's funny that we, you know, I don't think anybody thought the Braves were going to flow as far as they did down the... MLB River, if you will, but I mean, I, you know, like uh, you know, Acuna Junior getting hurt as well. Right. Like, what was that? That was pretty early. in there. It was like July, I, mean, I
0: think. I think earlier. I think it was like first two months of the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, as as a Braves fan, let's just you know, let's just put ourselves into that position. As a Braves fan, you see oh. essentially your top talent just Sky's falling, years yeah. over like
0: you have to hang it up boys you know when Tatis got hurt time and time again every time it was like well we can't do without him so it had to be a similar feeling with the Braves fans when that moment happened but and you know the team wasn't even playing well until I saw a set where it was July 7th let's say and the Braves had like a 0.3% chance to win the World Series oh wow and then I don't know what percentage it even was to make the playoffs, but they weren't even leading the division at that time. And then they completely flipped the script, got hot, and I think that goes to show kind of what the baseball season's all about. You got to be hot at the right time.
1: Yeah, and and you know I think I think that's a great point. You got to get hot, and once you you're on it, you can't let go of it. And whatever you guys are doing, I mean, shit, you know how you know um, just. You know superstitions in baseball. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're if you're eating eggs and bacon for breakfast, and you guys start winning, you're eating eggs and braf- breakfast, breakfast <laughs> eggs and bacon for the rest of your days. <laughs> you know, and it just shows. I I agree. I think baseball is just you got to be hot and you got to stay consistent for so long, and that's what the Braves did. You got to be in sync with your team at the right time. Yeah, and the Braves turned
0: it on after that. And granted, the NL East wasn't fantastic this year, but you know they had to get certain amount of wins to get the job done to win that division because they weren't going to make wild card with how the Cardinals were playing. And, yeah. You know, they kind of had, not kind of, they had the reverse year that the Padres had. The Padres were hot at the beginning yeah. and then plummeted, as we talked about time and time again. Uh, the Braves were very bad at the beginning and then completely turned it on. And then we got to the playoffs, and I'm going, they're matched up with the Brewers, and we both agreed. I mean, Brewers had a great pitching staff. Yeah. I like the Brewers in that series. They take down the Brewers. Then they go play the Dodgers. It's like, well, this is the juggernaut Dodgers. This is the same thing happened last year. But, I mean, just the thing that I think the Braves did so well was timely hitting, very timely hitting, and capitalizing on every situation they had with guys on base. And then, you know, whoever was on the mound, which was various, you know, it was very, a lot of bullpen games, a lot of, you know, not necessarily besides Charlie Morton, guys that are household names they took it upon themselves to put the Braves in a good spot when they had the lead and kept the lead.
1: Yeah. And I I think that's a testament to one, the players, but two, I mean, that's a testament to their coaching staff. The Mm -hmm. fact that they were able to, I mean, you know, you know, we've watched baseball for, you know, so as long as we can, can remember. Mm -hmm. Right. And you know, how you talked about the Padres starting early in the season and then just kind of slowly falling Mm -hmm. off that cliff. You know, you just, I don't know. You get into this, in my eyes, you get into this routine of, you know, you were talking about timely hitting. It's like, all right, you know, I got this routine. I, you know, I'm seeing the ball right. You know, I'm uh, pitching is, hey, you know, we're, we got a couple bullpen days where we're running through the bullpen. And then we got days where we're staying a little more consistent. I think, you know, I hate to compare this to the Padres, but, you know, I think that's the type of management team mm-hmm. we need in our organization. Again, you know, talk about the Padres, that's last season, but... You know, to push forward with the with uh, Padres wanting a, uh, I was almost going to say a Super Bowl, excuse me, but a, a World Series. Mm-hmm. We need to be able to, you know, work with the guys that we have, but in a in a adequate and proper way, mm-hmm. and that's what the Braves did. Cut and,
0: your cut your losses and you know move forward with the guys that you do have, and that's I mean, just watching the Braves, I think, kind of like I said there. Each game, and let's go into the World Series versus the Astros, you're going, Astros are the favorite. I mean, they have talent top to bottom. Yeah. So I'm sure, you know, everybody watching that series at the beginning is going, well, how how many games are the Astros going to win in this series? Yeah. And then game after, you know, the Braves took it to them in game one. Astros responded. So then it's 1-1. You're going, all right, here's what the Astros turn it on. Then the Braves uh, go to Atlanta, win the next two, and you're going, shit, man. Yeah. That's 3-1. And then you figure if they're going to do it, they got to close it out in that last game at Atlanta. They don't. Astros come back, and then you're going okay. So this is the Atlanta thing. They're up three one, and now here's where it all crumbles. Now they start that's dying kind of off. The, Ad- the Atlanta vibe, oh, you know, going back to the Super Bowl of you know one of the greatest comebacks of all time. Tom Brady twenty eight three. Everyone knows the tale there, and that's kind of just been the vibe around Atlanta. Atlanta sports going forward as from, you know, since 95 is they can't finish. They can't find a way to finish. So as we're watching, I'm going, so what, you know, game six, I'm going, so this is, this is make or break. Cause if the Braves lose this game, Astros have all the momentum they're at home and that was not the case.
1: No, I mean, it, it's funny you say that because I said the exact same thing. I was, I I was funny. We weren't together, but we we're having the same mindset, if you will. <laughs> And when game six came up, I said, you know, Braves either need to shut them down or they push it to a game seven and the Braves win in game seven. That was how my mindset was. I, and
0: I, so in that game six, and, you know, Jorge Soler turned out to be the MVP, former Cub. Shout out to him. The defining moment of that game, though, was in that you know, 10-11 pitch at-bat where he's battling with a guy on uh, first and second, second and third, what, two guys on base, and there's two outs, and it's like, you're either going to come through here, or, you know, it's left guys on base, gives that momentum back to the Astros. Yeah. Dude hits it over the train tracks after that 11-pitch battle. Yeah, he, he hit it so far. takes the Braves on his shoulders, hey, we're up 3-0 now. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the type of shit you need to have happen in a – defining game like that and that's why he turned out to be the mvp
1: yeah i mean when he hit that when he hit the bomb the first thing i thought of was like all right man that guy was just over the fucking batting and like, he, he was and like he over pimped, it
0: pimped the shit out of he, it. he did that
1: was incredible i know he it's... hit it everyone knew
0: it joe buck knew it he knew it he stood there looked at the dugout, was like i don't know what he said but that's gone that ball is 500 feet over the tracks everyone
1: shh yeah, sh- yeah. Three zero 0 Braves. And Huge moment in that game. I, I completely agree. And, you know, in Houston fashion, I was expecting a response. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for some reason, it, it just, I don't know, it didn't happen for him, And, and I, I mean.
0: Well, to me, I would say the Braves were a team of destiny. Based on the way they played that whole season and their playoff run, they got that lead and they... Kept their foot on the gas, which I think is so hard to do in baseball, number one. is, You got that lead 3-0. Don't just stay there. You got to keep building, keep building. So, Danby Swanson, it's a home run. The next thing, now it's 4-0. Now you're putting a little more heat on the Astros batters going, you guys better respond now or we're just going to take off. Yeah. And it turned out, you know, Braves end up winning that game 7-0. Phenomenal pitching game by Max Fried, uh, former Padre, like way at the beginning of his career. Um, you know, six innings, no runs. He had been struggling with a ten ERA, so you know you got gamers who come in their game six. and You just need one game to put together.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, I I love that you have the you know foot on the gas analogy because, you know, like I said, my big thing was I was just waiting for the Astros to respond mm-hmm. and say, hey, you know, we're, we're we've been here before, we know what's going on. This is our world, our World Series to win, and it just you know their guys are just the excuse me the Braves are just we're not letting up here yeah. you know and, and it's just i don't know i i i think you go in in my mind i think you go into game 6 as the Braves i think you go in a little bit looser mm-hmm. knowing hey guys we got a game 7 just in case again this is worst case scenario mm-hmm. but we got a game 7 We can, you know, we can, I hate to say this, we can screw up a little bit and still have an opportunity to win a World Series. That's what I love, you know, about those little bit pushed out World Series. Everyone wants a Game 7, no matter what. But I I don't know, maybe that, in my mind, maybe that kind of settled the nerves a little bit, saying, hey guys, you know, let's just play our game, see Mm -hmm. how it goes, and look how they've responded. I mean, I I think them, having that mentality, like, let's just
0: play our game, and, um, you know, there could be some urgency there. Like, if you lose that game, then there is a game seven. It's yeah. Like, oh, fuck, we could have done this in game five, game six, closed it out. And then there's the panic there. So it goes both ways with being loose and being tight. Yeah, because you got gas
1: on the Astros saying, like, we have to win this right. or we're out. Right, right. You know?
0: Exactly. They're playing bash against the wall. And those are great players over there, too, you know, regardless of the cheating thing or whatever. Um, but I think that goes to the Braves manager, Snicker who has been in the Braves organization minor league he has an awesome story so basically he was in the Braves organization for like 30 years yep finally gets his shot as a manager and you know when you're a manager in a million baseball games like you kind of seen it all you've dealt with it all so having a leader like that at the forefront I think gives a lot of peace and calm to that team yeah the message being sent to them uh prior to game six and then it's like hey guys you know at the end of the day, this is a game, and we're we've been playing well all postseason. Don't stress about at bats. Like just do what you got to do. Yeah. Soler, you're hot. If you see a pitch, take a hat, kid, and then you know make something happen. Anybody yeah. can be a hero here, and I think when you got that many guys in the lineup, you know Freeman, Albys, Soler, who played well, Swanson, uh, the pitching did phenomenal. They put it all together, and the Astros, you know, they put it on them. It's where the Astros either responded or they didn't, and they didn't.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I don't even know what to say. (laughs) So, I mean,
0: for me, I just think it's cool that Atlanta gets a championship to their name after, you know, a lot of struggle, and, you know, the Atlanta Hawks have done nothing in basketball. The Falcons, like I mentioned, the Super Bowl disaster, which they obviously should have closed that out. Uh so there is that stigma. I don't know if it goes to each sport, but there's as if you're a fan of Atlanta you're going, are we going to do this or are we going to blow this like we've done in the
1: past? Yeah, and and I know to your point where you said um, you know, just their co talking about their coaching staff and stuff mm-hmm. like that. The first thing that came in my mind was, you know, it seemed like their team it just seemed like they weren't being micromanaged. Mm-hmm. They were just saying, you're playing your game. Right. And you know what? We're either gonna win this way, or we're gonna lose this way. Yeah, but we're gonna play the same way. Exactly. And um, I, again, I I I'm, I can't remember who's the coach you were talking about. Snicker. Snicker. I mean, you you have, like you said, you were talking about that experience. What that does is that just as a player, like, hey, coach, you know, what am I? what, what do I need to work on? You're, You're fine. fine, right, dude? It just play the game. Hey, coach, I'm you know I'm missing a little bit here. It's okay. Just here's a little a little thing. That's it. We're not we're not again, like I said, we're not micromanaging Mm -hmm. it. And that's a that's a big thing because I I don't know if you you know, you and I've watched a lot of baseball and football games, but you can kinda tell when players are being a little micromanaged, if you will, even if it's not like super Crazy. I don't know. Sometimes you get that feel with players, if or you
0: will. or just over managing or overthinking. Yeah, the situation. yeah, that's a gr- exactly the, the one I'm thinking of is Game Seven of the Cubs. Obviously, I gotta relate to my own experience here. But Kyle Hendricks we'll is out there else. pitching a jam, Cubs are up five one. He's giving up like two hits, and Madden takes him out in the fifth inning. It's like, well, wait a sec. Why why are you doing that? Like this guy's yeah. controlling the game. Now we're gonna kind of. You're, you're throwing off the mojo of what we had going. Exactly. And m- my personal thing on that is I think Hendricks could have pitched like eight innings, given up two runs, and we would have been fine. It turned into this whole, you know, rain delay. and all, they Cubs won the only way they could win, which is phenomenal drama for everyone. <laughs> um, and it worked out. But yeah. to Snicker's credit, he played it out. He, you know, managed the game as he saw it, not as if it meant the world, which, you know. Yeah. It is a championship game. A it's a closeout game. Man. Yeah. But you don't have to do all this extra shit and bring in the lefty to, you know, bat to this or throw to this one lefty. Oh, it is higher inning. odds. It's like yeah. I mean, it's like oh, what's the analytics of freed in the fourth inning? It's like no, like feel out the game. He's pitching out. You know, he's pitching fine. He's not walking anybody. He's getting contact outs. Like let's just let this play out. And if he gets in trouble, then we'll address it. Yeah. But I'm not gonna expect trouble before it happens. And just touching up on the uh, Braves World Series. I think it's good for baseball. Um yeah. you know, as a guy who didn't have a dog in the fight, I watched every game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good to see a team that doesn't always win win. And yeah. I like the Braves history, I like the fan base. It's electric I over there. Anymore. Huh? Hell they're still the Braves for now. The chop lives but that's a n that's a can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> but moving into the NFL, uh we're in week nine now, so the playoff picture's starting to form. And I'll just kind of give you a little very layout. Very sad, very sad. We'll go AFC, NFC. All right, go ahead. The AFC picture right now, and this is, the best part about this is, this is what it is right now, and it's going to completely change as, you know, the weeks yeah. go on. But right now, the one seed, we got Tennessee. Uh, Then we got two seed Raiders, three seed Bengals, four seed Bills. Uh, Five, or... Whatever, I'm fucking up the, the seeds. Oh, Ravens Lord. and Ravens get it together. Ravens, Steelers, and Chargers. So let me run down that again. At five, okay. Titans, Bills, Bengals, Ravens, Steelers, Raiders, Chargers. Right. So, thing that jumps out to me immediately is the Titans as the number one seed. Um, I. That think, doesn't
1: shock me. I don't know why.
0: It should. Well, it doesn't shock me based on how they played up to that point. But oh. Derrick Henry just got hurt. And that's, you know, the the biggest blow you could possibly have to that team because that's going to completely, well, and we'll see how the backup running backs play and we'll see also how good that O line is because uh, one side of it is Derrick Henry is a freak athlete and, you know, he is a man amongst boys still at the professional level. But if the O line is as good as he is, then you could probably plug anybody in back there. But it also puts a lot more pressure on Ryan Tannehill, who has had, you know, years with the Dolphins and whatever that he's not been great. Yeah. So If you're gonna make it a Ryan Tannehill led offense, then that one's he's gonna plummet immediately.
1: You know, I I I, I agree. I, I I I don't know where they are right now. It's all based off of in my mind, Derrick Henry. You know, and you have um, Ryan Tannehill to me is just kind of in that offense is just here an afterthought, man. Like right. you, you just He does sh- enough, but it's because, you know, the play action works because
0: you have a beast back there. Yeah! <laughs> now let's put somebody back there that no one knows. It's professional running back, but it's not going to be the same caliber at least.
1: Yeah, and just sometimes, you know, I've watched a couple of the, you know, Titans games, and just watching Tannehill throw, it's just, are you... <laughs> What's going on, man? Like yeah. Is so, that are you actually throwing a football or are you just trying to figure it so out? So
0: really now, like that whole team's genetic makeup is gonna completely change. Yeah. And we're gonna see how they adjust to life without Derrick Henry. Um, they're still, you know, the top dogs in that division. Division's not great. Um but to be a one seed I think is pretty lofty to hang on to that, especially with the Bills who are the perennial favorite in my mind i mean they're starting to pick it up and yeah they've had some games at the beginning of the year they're like they should have won but they lost and they got think a lot of injuries to it up too now.
1: they got like cole beasley has got ribs um their tight end is dawson knox yeah yeah, i believe he, he got hurt, broke his hand yeah so Threw a
0: two-point conversion with a broken hand
1: yeah so there's <laughs> just i i you know i i love the builds i like i said i might might be uh you know a A shadow bills fan i i really do like them a lot um to me i just like how they play yeah i think they're gonna be just like cole beasley is injured that motherfucker will play yeah and that's what i love about him and to me to me the bills and i know i'm kind of going off a little bit of a tangent here but to me the bills are just kind of a blue collar team and it's just guys that want to work and play hard and i i absolutely to me that's yeah, That's the I tops, think the Bills you know. are going to
0: end up as the one seed, personally. But who they're slotted to play if the season was in to today is the Bengals, who, in our original take on the AFC North, just shit on them, basically. <laughs> yeah. They're going to win three games. Don't worry about it. I think we said two sentences about it. And, you know, I would say we were wrong to this point about that because their offense is a lot better than I thought it would yeah, be. It and is. the connection between Burroughs and Jamar Chase has been exactly what it was in college. I mean, that guy's tearing it up. Yeah, um, They did lose to the Jets in New York, and that might have been overconfidence or lack of preparation or something. But that goes to show you can't do that in the NFL because these are still professional teams. And you go into somebody's place, they're not waiting to get beat. You're going to have to beat them. And I yeah. think that's something the Bengals have to learn.
1: You know, and I, I think a lot – I think, like, I, like you said, there's maybe two sentences – and the biggest one was, I just don't think Jer- Joe Burrow is ready for the NFL. And, you know, he's kind of giving me the middle finger. And I, <laughs> right, right now, appreci- yeah. I appreciate it. You yeah. know, like, hey, yeah, man, no. you've stepped up. They're kind of a
0: fun team to watch. They've won some. They've won against some good teams. They've lost against some bad teams. But uh, if they're going to stay in the playoff race, you know, you're going to have to elevate yeah. their play.
1: Like, who are they playing this weekend?
0: I, I don't really know who they're
1: playing, playing, but I I took them in my. Oh, mind.
0: they're playing Cleveland actually. Oh yeah, a mess. Oh, let's let's yeah. gloss over that. <laughs> good lord. And then the next two teams, Ravens, Steelers. Um, I think kind of a similar development there with the Ravens are you know started out kind of slow, but they're picking up their stuff. Lost to the Bengals, which was probably good for them to get their ass beat at home. Yeah. Uh, I think, just a Harbaugh led team and the success the Ravens have had. Uh, in history, I I like them to stay in the playoff race the entire year and make the playoffs. I mean, we've talked about Lamar Jackson's growth and having him as your quarterback. You know, it's going to be – he'll have some bad games, but he'll have a lot of good ones too, and he's a tough guy to account for week to week.
1: Yeah, he's, he's just hard to control, man.
0: Yeah, and then the Steelers, uh, very interesting, the Steelers, because I think their offense is like one of the worst in the NFL. But their oh, defense agree. is phenomenal and keeps them in games. And it kind of reminds me of uh, Bears teams of old that are good, where if you can get, like, 21 points, we're good. 17 points, yeah.
1: we're good. I dropped their defense, actually, way But my leagues. Well, they,
0: they just don't give up many points, but they're not going to win because Big Ben's putting up numbers. Like, if you watch how their offense operates, it's very much boring, running slow. the ball. Slow.
1: They don't yeah. throw. Ma-
0: I mean, Big Ben can't really move anymore. So, but they're finding ways to win games and no, that, that's part of
1: it that offense is definitely surrounding itself by big Ben and it's it's boring bullshit yeah. is what it is it you know what it, <laughs> this is what it is it's it is most likely in my mind, and again this is i'm making a total asinine comment, but it is a dumbed down offensive playbook, yeah. And a lot of quick throws, and he, you know, big. Well, used, it is—is get it out of Ben's yeah, hands
0: because he can't move anymore. No, he used to be a phenomenal scrambler. He's old, like he's played forever, and I get that. But the offense from when Ben was young and they were Super Bowl contenders to what it is now is like and they pretty much just give it to Najee Harris like sixty percent of the time. Yeah, and they're like get us into field. Great, I'd love ben. to see
1: that stat actually to see yeah. what they're percentages of you know because are, they
0: have good receivers too claypool and they did have juju he got hurt but but you can't throw it deep but he can't throw it deep anymore and i think that's you know when you're gonna play against the bills and teams that are you know like ravens teams that can score i think if you go up on this dealer, it's gonna be tough for them to. well more
1: life. any team that's more versatile which is yeah. almost every team in the league
0: you're so you're, they're they're an interesting one to
1: watch yeah. going forward uh, boring a little bit, but.
0: And then, <laughs> Raiders-Chargers, which the Raiders are the two-seed Chargers is the seven-seed right now. I see that, like, flipping. The seven-seed is the extra seed that the NFL has added to the playoff mix. Uh, the Raiders have had a uh, bizarre, crazy year. Don't have to get into that, but... <laughs> How the fuck are they a um, team still? Right, that's... They have a lot of adversity, and, you know, credit to them so far for getting over it, but... I don't see them as, like, that great of a team. I mean, you let the Bears come in there and wreck your shit. Bears are no good. So, I think that kind of will fall off and maybe we'll get another team to come in. But, on the other side, the Chargers are doing exactly what the Chargers always do. Great start to the year. You're like, wow, this team's unbelievable on offense. Uh, pretty good defense. They got a lot of talent. They're 5-1. Like, wow, what a team. And then, they play the Patriots at home. Can't beat them. They just find ways to lose. Now they're four and three on the outs, like almost outside of the playoffs. But as the Chargers go, I'm sure it'll come to the last game, and they'll have to have like two teams lose, and
1: it either it will happen or it
0: won't. But yeah, you know that's kind of the Charger way.
1: I mean, you kind of hit everything that I was gonna say about both those teams. I mean, the one thing I have to say with the Raiders is, I do agree. I think they've had a lot of adversity this year. Do I see them flipping, like you said? You know, Raiders Chargers flipping. I I actually agree with that. I I I don't know. The Raiders are just well. The adversity has only been
0: enhanced with the Henry Rugg situation. So I don't know. I don't know how that affects a team. It's got to be
1: brutal. Yeah, yeah, and no, I I just you know I I think the Raiders were just I think they're holding on. Yes, that's a good way to put it. And and, and I I think they're just working with what they got. Chargers, on the other hand, they're, you know, I hate to say this because I hate them, but they are a well-diverse team, but, you know...
0: Offensively, or both? I think both.
1: I think yeah. their offense and their defense is good. Yeah. I, I I do think, though, that Air um, Bear has a lot of pressure <laughs> on him. So he's, I think, I don't know, he got so, many, so much accolades early in the season. I mean, even Drew Brees gave, said, like, you know, he's the next top dog. I mean... That's huge, and mm. you know to i don't know you got a lot there's a lot of expectations there for him and i, I don't know how it's gonna go,
0: yeah, and we're talking about green bay tampa bay uh l a Rams and the Cowboys, and the cardinals all those teams
1: I'm fearful of them
0: are phenomenally and similarly built um you know the Tampa Bay is the defending champs. Uh, so that's always going to be a mystique with Brady, and they have some injuries they're going through with Gronk and uh, pretty much Gronk. I don't but, know about you, but and the defensive secondary. I don't know about yes.
1: I don't know about you, but you know the Patriots have been. And excuse me. <laughs> I think of Tom Brady. I think <laughs> hey, of the Patriots. Hey, it's 2021. I know. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. No, but the Bucks—they just have, and again, I don't know if you've noticed this, but to me, they've kind of just kind of playing very steadily, like under the radar. You know, they, yeah. they, they, which I love. I mean, I, I think they are dealing with a lot of shit in their secondary, and they are. I mean, they got yeah. injuries out the ass, but I just like how they've been playing. Just kind of keep it mellow. You know, we were we're Super Bowl champs from last year, but hey, we're just yeah, we're we're not we're not boasting who we are, but we're staying confident and we're playing well.
0: And you know,
1: having Brady as your leader meant is. This- been in the regular season,
0: grind his entire, you know. Yeah. Like, he just knows how it goes. Yeah, he does. And, lo- like, one loss here, one loss there, like, he's going to put it back together. So I agree. The Bucks will be in the picture. Green Bay is the one seed right now, which has been really interesting because as a Aaron Rodgers fantasy owner, it is not purely because of him. Like, he hasn't, he's done enough to win games, but he's not putting up, like, crazy no. numbers like he no. did last year. Um, and they're still finding ways to win games, most notably versus the Cardinals in Arizona last week, which yeah. was a huge game. I
1: mean, and what a game! <laughs> it was an ex- exceptional game. Yeah. and you know the ending. I mean, you know if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert, God damn it! But you know, just <laughs> crazy ending to lose like that as a player is. It's that's a that's a really tough and if you didn't swallow. see
0: it there's 11 seconds left on like the five yard line they're closer than and that. they throw a back shoulder fade receiver didn't turn around in the packers corner unbelievable play yeah one
1: hand tipped it to himself game over and he stutter stepped his feet in and he caught it and it's just you know kyler murray got hurt the play before that mm-hmm. i mean he he was he was not ready to run the play in my mind how i saw it was he is fucking hurt i i mean he could barely move mm-hmm. and if you watch how he threw it he just hucked it up there saying hey here you go catch it and <laughs> i you know rush a play you know not hearing what the full play call is who knows what happened in that huddle but whoever that wide receiver was that guy was blocking for oh no yeah he one. wasn't even looking and you know, that's where yeah, I I don't know. That again, a great game for the Packers to come in and win like that. You know, mm-hmm. I will say it it's a lot. A, and like and I and I love what you said earlier is you know, they've Aaron Rodgers has been doing enough just to pull out wins. He hasn't been putting up crazy mm-hmm. numbers, but that game versus the Cardinals showed, you know, that he's he's Leading the team to these wins, whether whatever the score is. Well, the team's up to the challenge too. Yeah. I think it's the main thing. Yeah, and then you know to win, you know, in my honest opinion, Arizona definitely should have won that game. Mm-hmm. It, it it got lost by a mistake, which that's that's sports. That's football, yeah. And you know, I I I'm not knocking anything on the Packers, but that should have been their loss. And yeah, it, it, it's. And I think it was a matchup that could be like the
0: NFC Championship yeah, game going it, forward. D- um, yeah. No, but, you know, with that game, you'll we'll have to see like where that game would be played. Maybe now it's in Green Bay if they continue on. Mm-hmm. But the Cardinals are still, you know, they lost that game, but that doesn't mean it's that mean City at them. all. They're a great team. I mean, they played, that game was very back and forth. They have great defense. Kyler Murray can extend plays. I yeah. Mean, they're a fun team to watch, and... To be feared, certainly, yeah, and they yeah. remind me a lot of their division foe, the Rams, who are right there too and can score at will. And you know they've only lost to, they've only lost one game. I don't know who is too. But they've taken care of the Bucks. They've beaten a lot of teams. Um, I'm a huge Rams fan. Like they're. You know, they're in it to win it. They just traded for Vaughn Miller. Huge trade, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, you just bolster your defense with a guy who's already won the Super Bowl, who was a Super Bowl MVP, pair him with Donald and Jalen Ramsey. I mean, that's like that's a top three defense now. I don't know how long it takes to acclimate him, to, the, but I don't think it's going to take that long. No. Like, Go get the guy, quarterback. Yeah, go get him, Vaughn. Go
1: get the quarterback. We'll let you know where your which, gaps
0: are. Exactly. But, I mean, that team is built to win. Like, I, I saw a stat that... Uh, the Rams have like three picks in the draft next year because they've traded them all for various players. That, yeah, like Stafford and Miller and you know guys that are gonna help them win the Super Bowl this year. So they're in it for now. You
1: know, and at beginning of the season, I I, I said it. I, I I'm just so happy to see Matthew Stafford succeeding on a successful team, and it it really does. You know, I I've said this jokingly that the lions is where teams go players go to die. Well, Look at him now. Look I mean come on man. That doesn't show how good Matt Stafford is to even
0: eke out what like five wins with the lions? Like they are winless. Yeah. And poor Goff, he's going shit, man. Yeah, and like I said I thought I, it was okay. Now I'm like trash.
1: Yeah, and like I said earlier too, I I, I think I think I think the whole Rams and the Lions trade has shown the NFL fan base that, like you said, Matthew Stafford is a good quarterback. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say great and exceptional because he is banged up, but he's a good quarterback. He's having a hell of a year. Exactly. And then following that is he he works very well in Sean McVay's offense. Mm -hmm. And then if you go on the other hand, it really shows you that Jared Goff fucking sucks. (laughs) And... I mean, it's horrible.
0: The that, Lions are the only thing helping me as a Bears fan be okay with myself.
1: I, I mean, yes, the Lions, you know, new head coach, you know, just a lot classic of classic
0: Lions bullshit.
1: Yeah, man. it's like, man, don't you get fucking sick of reading the same book? Like this fucking <laughs> sucks. So, it's just, you know, the excuses for the Lions are out. Like you guys have sucked for so long. Yeah. It it and in my mind, you've ruined Matthew Stafford's career because mm-hmm. he was there too long. Yeah, and you know, I, Matthew Stafford. If you listen to him, he's very loyal to the Lions fan base. He's he's loyal to Detroit, which is great. But it just it just goes to show you that oh man, yeah, he's show, good, and yeah. Jared fucking sucks. Like there, I said it. You know. Oh hey Siri, you want to talk for the podcast? Yeah. Good lord, um, you know just Michigan State. I'll be honest, in the beginning of the college football season i I didn't see them. they were not on my mm-hmm. radar at all, and for them to come out and be eight 0 I mean that's just that's exceptional, man,
0: yeah, I would say the top two teams are on their own accord, yeah, Georgia is a phenomenal team. I mean, I'm looking forward and I'm going, Georgia and Alabama are gonna face each other in the s e c championship if everything plays out, which is and like a and I hope years it does, ago. yeah, yeah. And that was a phenomenal game when it was then. Georgia's a much better team now than they were then. Georgia's defense like just doesn't give up points. I mean, it's a very hard thing to do in today's football to not give up points. Yeah. And they are on their own echelon of defense. Yeah. But when you match up a team like Alabama who's won a million titles and, you know, they are phenomenal game planners, it's gonna be that is gonna be the championship game before the championship game, and it might end up being those two. But the real topic is the three and four seats, because we have Michigan State who's there because they just had that incredible win versus Michigan. I mean, that game, I watched that start to finish. Gus Johnson on the horn. I
1: if watched he, that in the yeah, pool.
0: <laughs> you have to hear just, just, whoa, Gus Johnson call a game, because he is just incredible. And that... You know, that back and forth of that game was perfect for his style of commentating. But, um, you know, I don't know how good Michigan is to begin with. So it could be an overhyped ranking there. Mm -hmm. And then you throw Oregon in the four, which I think is kind of... I, you know, I, I kind of feel like the committee throws these teams in there, like, now. So they'll be like, oh, yeah, see, we're including teams. And then at the end, you get your same four that you're going to see.
1: Well, and I think just to piggy off that real quick is I think, you know, that Oregon beating, uh, you know, Ohio State early, right. I think that was a huge, like, whoa, who's Oregon? And, and dude, yeah. Oregon's good, you yeah. know. And, and And I actually, I do agree with your, hey, I think we're just kind of putting them in. We'll see them start to trickle off, and then we'll get yeah. the real contenders in there. Yeah. Well,
0: for me, it's Cincinnati has been in the top four the entire year, and now it's like, now we're going to really talk the championship, and they get booted out because of who they play. And their conference, you know, and that's yeah. been the, the qualm that small conferences have, is like, hey, we can only play who's in front of us. And, you know, Cincinnati's played, I think Notre Dame is their best win of the year. Yeah. It was at Notre Dame. And that's a hey, that's a big win. You know, you're going into South Bend I agree. story. It's a tough place to play. Not that Notre Dame's a great team, but they're still you know top fifteen. Um, so I think you know being an undefeated team and getting thrown into the you know sixth seed when you're undefeated and you know Oregon comes in there who's lost to Stanford. If you're Cincinnati, you're going oh we're getting disrespected right out the gate. Yeah. But it's up to you if you're Cincinnati to continue winning and put the pressure on the people that make these selections to get you back in there. Because, number one, they want to see good football when it comes down to it. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. Not that Notre Dame's upheld their end of the bargain when they get in the playoff. So that really shouldn't be the case if uh, Cincinnati goes undefeated. I think Cincinnati should be in the top four if they end up undefeated. It's like, you know, we schedule stuff out years in advance, and we're in a conference that we're in in a contract with for 10 years. What do you want us to do? And that was a conversation like 10 years ago when Boise State was good and they never got in the BCS Bulls. So if you're going to give a one-loss team the go-ahead, then they better be fucking good if you're going to overstep them with an undefeated team. And then Ohio State and Cincinnati are on the outside looking in. But, you know, as we get closer to the end of the season, there's always one or two crazy upsets that run the whole gamut of who's in that top four. And I see Georgia and Alabama staying there and staying undefeated until they meet each other, and then three and four, we'll see what happens there.
1: Yeah, three and four, just, like you said, it's, I completely agree. It's just, it's kind of a crapshoot, if you will, and, you know, I mean, I liked your, I liked the, your comment on, like, undefeated and things like that. I think, you know, I, I I think you and I, as football players, we understand, like, yo, if you're undefeated, like, you, you should definitely get a little more respect yeah. than what's being given, if you mm-hmm. will, and... I, I just, I think college football is so fucked up in how they're <laughs> doing shit. Sometimes it's just, you know.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of politics that go on, and like you know, money who's, is who's involved. Gonna, who's going to drive the most revenue of like the yeah. games watched? And then there's the great teams like Bama and Georgia who are going to be in it because they are great. Yeah. But uh, three and four until they expand the playoff, which will inevitably happen because there's always this, you know, like who should be in the top yeah. four argument um but at the same time like iowa was number three like two weeks ago yeah they they got their ass beat by purdue at home and now they're like 15 or something because they lost to wisconsin too so a lot's gonna change we got uh, at least three weeks left i'm not sure the exact number but there's gonna be some shit that goes down oh that sucks (laughs) and the conference championship games play a huge factor in who gets these last seeds then on the other side outside of the top four <laughs> we're looking at or we're talking about who is a surprise to us this year just in the top 25 in general uh to me it's an easy one it's wake forest because they have been trash for years like i don't yeah. think wake forest has ever been on my radar of anything i've been like are. a six win uh they make a bowl game and like the emerald bowl and <laughs> you know Kentucky and somewhere local. and I pick two lane and I lose so yeah <laughs> but they are number nine in the nation they're undefeated like we were kind of talking about with Cincinnati they haven't played and Cincinnati's a better you know better team yeah. better schedule but Wake Forest has not beaten anybody worth noting let's just say that no. so far they're undefeated uh, but they have a big game versus NC State who's in the top 25 too in a couple weeks so that'll kind of be the defining point for their season will it push them to the top four absolutely not but if they win that you know you could have a comfortable seven seed or seven ranking yeah and get yourself a nice bcs bowl and you know at least have that kind of respect of a we're wake forest and now we're gonna play you know texas a&m or somebody with a big name and a great opportunity for a bowl game um you know they've had some crazy high scoring games i haven't Obviously, I had a chance to watch Wake Forest. I don't know where I watched Wake Forest. on my Forest. radar to watch. <laughs> but good to see a team that's generally, like I said, six-win team or worse. And, you know, they're climbing the rankings, top ten, probably for the first time since, you know, bread was invented. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, Wake Forest is mine.
1: What about you? Mine are, are two, actually. Uh, actually, three. Wake what? Forest was definitely one of them. And then um, my other two were... Fresno State and San Diego State. I mean mm-hmm. I San Diego boy, I like San Diego State. I'm just tossing them up like, hey, to have them in the top twenty five, like Absolutely. It's exceptional. And it's great because, you know, as a team without a football or excuse me, as a city without a football team, mm-hmm. excuse me, that you know, that, that helps. You know, for and sure. it makes me feel better. We're and, starting to
0: rally around that. Got the stadium being built for next exactly, season. Exactly. So that's what I'm momentum saying. going into we, that.
1: You need Which is nice. As San Diego for San Diego State, for them to have this new stadium, they need to succeed. Oh, yeah. Done. And being in, <laughs> being in top 25, you're doing that. My second one is, you know, I think San Diego State's 23 mm-hmm. and 22 is a Fresno State. I mean, yeah. I, I they weren't on my radar at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've always liked Fresno State. I really like how they play their football, uh, you know. You know, we went to Cathedral. We got Aaron Mitchell. I mean, exceptional. Shout out to Aaron Mitchell. Yeah, and also now we have uh, Tyson Maeva, who's yep. their starting middle linebacker from Cathedral. So that that in itself really actually, you know, has kind of pushed me in the direction of liking Fresno State. But to have them in the top twenty-five, they are nowhere in my mind a top twenty-five team. I hate to say that, mm. but I don't know. They've just they played the right teams. They played the right way. You know, they're seven and sure. one, which is great. I mean, it's just you know that's kind of my
0: shocker and Fresno State to me is uh kind of like a workman's team yeah I completely Um, agree with you they're gonna play they're a very like physical team when they're good and I think that's what's propelled them to be seven and one they just took down San Diego State actually um but like you said I didn't expect them to be top 25 at all they played Oregon like first game of the year very tough in Eugene I was like what the hell Fresno State. I think I bet on Oregon that <laughs> that week in our pick. Oh, I love that. Um, but no, it's good to see you know some California teams involved yeah, that aren't really necessarily is. always involved. And with San Diego State, that stadium is going to be phenomenal. Number one, and the f- opening game if they have a you know they continue this great season and we don't trickle off, we're gonna make a bowl game because we have seven wins. But let's say they go like ten and one. Like there's a lot of energy and there is uh, you know for recruiting number one. New stadium number two and the city number three. I mean, that's great stuff uh for that program who is generally thought of as a basketball school, which oh, totally. we're gonna get into fully if we uh you know, our status quo with how good our basketball team has been <laughs> in
1: years past. But I like your picks. Yeah, hey, I love mine as well. You know, and I just as I'm talking <laughs> as I'm talking about this, we're talking about top top twenty-five, we talked about the top four. I mean, what's your opinion on? Theme, but it's a very
0: close in terms of competition, so it's not as spread out as you'd think it would be. I think when you get into the top ten and below, and the top four, obviously, uh, those are much high caliber yes. teams who have you know established themselves as in sync. Uh, they have their style of play; they stick to it, um, and like that's who they are. Top fifteen and above. I think is more of adjustments like okay we're gonna try to do this one game we're gonna run this game we're gonna throw it deep another game you know it kind of depends on your opponent rather than top ten who's already like this is who we are.
1: I completely agree, and for me I b- I brought it up because I think as 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 fans we look at that number like oh top twenty five like wow these are the top twenty five teams that are really good but in my personal opinion the top ten and. You start edging into that in 15, but like the top 15, like those are the teams that are working and they're, yeah. they're working together. I mean, once you start getting, you know, higher in that 15 area, get the disparity is like, all right, what's right. going on I'm sure here?
0: the conversation of getting, you know, like the 16 to 25 seeds is like a certain conversational push yes. for a, a certain team. It's like, well, did you see the Syracuse game? Yes. Like, no, I didn't. I yeah. You're, didn't knit, get you're yeah.
1: nitpicking games <laughs> at that point. And 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 yeah. it, and that's how I see it, and, and I I'm, I just wanted to bring it up because it's, you know that, fifteen to twenty five. It's just like, you know I'm i talking about Fresno State and San Diego State. I'm hyping them up, and then I'm like, well fuck, you're at the tail end of it. But it's true, you know, like you don't know, yeah. That and I kind of like what I kind of like how you said it. It's kind of like, well, did you see the Syracuse game? They beat them out. It's like who the fuck is Syracuse? Yeah. you know. It's just <laughs> I, 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 as. Whoever's doing those rankings, you're 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 like I said earlier, you're nitpicking games right. to make a decision. And I just think it's kinda and then interesting. And on a side note, for the city, uh, like
0: just selfishly, if the San Diego State could be at the holiday bowl this year where they're playing at Peco, yeah. Would just it'd be phenomenal for the new stadium push forward. I mean, everyone's excited about it, just because that stadium has been talked about forever and now it's actually happening. So if that was to somehow happen, that would be electric
1: um you know whoa I I, seem a little pushback there I I am and there's a little bit of pushback and the reason why I say that is because the expectations for this season were so high for us and to have our just fucking teeth kicked in like it was it it it, I'm a little sour not saying I hate the Padres it's just I'm a little I'm a little sour and
0: Still uh, sour. How about
1: that? Yeah, yeah, there, there we go. And Bob Melvin, you know, I, I, I have not looked into his pedigree, if you will. Um, I do like that he's a catcher. Uh, to me, I think catchers as head coaches are, I don't know, Just understand the
0: game. A little yeah, better. you know,
1: because in my mind, catchers are the quarterbacks of the baseball team. You know, a lot of people yeah. don't understand that. You know, catchers are really running the game mm-hmm. and. If you have a very good catcher, your team is going to be very good. And, of course, everyone else is kind of flowing into that. But, you know, catchers are running games. Like, hey, th- this is what we're pitching here, you know. And if you watch a lot of baseball games, I know I'm getting diving a little too deep into, into catchers, but if you watch some baseball games, catchers are looking over at, at at their head coaches saying, hey, what do you want to pitch here? Where the mm-hmm. good ones are like, I fucking got it, yeah. and I'll I'll look at you if I need a little help, you know, and <laughs> and, and I love that, um, but I think I don't know. It's well, we had Tingler for what three seasons? Four, yeah, I mean, dude, that no, was plenty. It, it was, and and what sucks is, I'm I'm excited for our future, but if Bob does very well with our team, which I'm hoping he does. I wish we had him two years ago, and mm. that's that's
0: mm. well, that's a that's a different take, but yeah. I I do agree with that. But I would say I'm in on it. Number one, I think it's a great hire. Originally, I'm being
1: tough. I'm being tough. yeah, you're like, being
0: tough, but I get it. Like I've I, look, I'm when, guarded, man. I, I've gone yeah. through too much shit, man. <laughs> when uh, I we got the news in you know my group chat, I said weak, just instantly. I said that's weak, and then you know everybody else was like, what do you mean? Like he's. He's a great manager. Like, he's gotten the A's to be a playoff perennial team each year. And, you know, I I was going back and forth, and then I I just, like, thought about it to myself, and I just go, you know what? I think I'm just anti-whatever-the-Padres-choose immediately.
1: And that's ca- how I could be right and now I, as well. And,
0: you know, I'm like, I just think we've done so many
1: horrible Asinine. hires
0: as managers. Like, Andy Green sticks out tremendously oh you know like he he was awful he was a great guy granted that team stunk but like dude come on give us something yeah give me a little fire at least andy green and then tingler you know it's always been like well we we're gonna take somebody who wasn't a manager and like we're gonna make him a manager yeah so that was in my head after looking up bob melvin and his pedigree as you said um first of all he's a players coach the players that he's coached have had nothing but great things to say about him. That's good. That's uh, good I watched his say. press conference, and, you know, I just see a guy who's kind of been doing it for a long time. And, first of all, the A's don't spend any money, and he's gotten that team to be successful. Mm-hmm. Say it's Moneyball or whatever, but the dude in the dugout has got to do something with the talent yeah. that he has. Um, so that's, you know, name like four players on the A's. Couldn't, Couldn't do it. Um, Ricky so, Henderson. <laughs> so if he's doing that <laughs> with Great them, player, and <laughs> we have all this talent on our team, like you said, which them two years earlier, because of all this talent, I think it it presents a different dynamic to the clubhouse of, first of all, a guy who is already respected in the baseball community as – This guy's been a manager forever. Like, he knows what he's talking
1: about. Yeah, yeah, Um, okay. And
0: he's going to present himself that way. Like, And, you know, he's not like a dick or anything, but I'm saying...
1: No, gentlemen, I've been here. Follow my This is
0: what we're going to do. You guys have tremendous talent. Like, I'm just here to put it all together. And I think when you have a guy, and you know, it reminds me of Snicker actually, where a guy has been in that situation and kind of has that voice that makes sense yes. and isn't panic driven. Yeah, and is yes. just a guy who's you know trying to figure out how to maximize this talent that he has. I think he's exactly that type of guy that we yeah. need. When last year, that was the biggest problem is like we're reeling, we're reeling, we're reeling, and there's really no direction. And you know, as fans, we're hearing. Ah, uh, the clubhouse is, you know, going south and yeah. Tingler doesn't have any control of that. I hear that Melvin is he's like a player's coach, like I said, he was a player. And he also is not afraid to have those tough conversations with players when that has to happen. I think that's crucial to have that relationship with
1: players. Players want that, man. Yeah,
0: because if you have a leader that you're looking toward as somebody that's genuinely trying to help you yeah. maximize your talent yeah. instead yeah. of just a guy who is saying it to say it or is saying it, but you don't believe what he's saying. I think that is Mm -hmm. a massive difference. So for once the Padres have brought in a guy who has experience. Yeah. And I think that is exactly what we needed when we should have hired, you know, somebody else before Tingler. We needed a guy, you know, whether it be a Buck Schultz or somebody that was already (laughs) had experience or, you know, I'm just saying a guy who's managed before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I Instead understand. of a tingler, it's like, all right, we're going to throw this rookie in here with these other young, talented kids, and, like, we'll just see what happens. It's like, well, that's really not the genetic. And where's makeup. your
1: street cred? You know, like, is yeah. It, hey, exactly. man, I got so me. when
0: things are going south, it's like, well, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Like, you can't do that to Bob Melvin because he's already won a World Series before. Yeah. So I think it, it presents a win now dynamic. Um,. And you have a guy who is not afraid to, you know, establish a method of playing and establish. And here's another thing. I just thought of this. Uh, Tingler, who knew where anybody was going to bat in the order on a given day?
1: Good fucking God. That's such I don't even want to fucking talk about it.
0: <laughs> and I don't see Melvin as that guy at oh, all. Dude, I, like, come on. You're Fernando Tatis Jr., you're going to bat first. You're Fernando Tatis Jr., you're going to bat third. Like, it's going to be one or the other. I don't think he's gonna be putting grish. He's not gonna be putting Grisham at first and then not. You know what I mean? He's a guy that has a plan of action and he thinks it makes sense and he's gonna stick to it and it's either gonna make sense or it's not. And I'd much rather have that guy than a guy that's just circulating the lineup, you know, putting Will Myers bat in second, putting him bat in seventh. Like there's no once you start seeing that as a player, you're going, We don't have any idea what we're doing here. We're just trying to make shit stick to the wall. I'm a first and, baseman,
1: not a fourth baseman. Yeah. Like, what
0: the fuck's going on here? Like, so I see, uh, stru- I see a uh, guy's coming in to be- have structure for the team, and I think it's exactly what we need. Whether it works or not, I don't know. We're still the Padres, and I'm hurt just as you are. But at least it's a step in the right direction, um, methodology wise, as you know, an experienced manager coming in who. Yeah. Even the way they got him was that he was under contract with the A's and he just, you know, somehow wanted to come to this talented team and they allowed it to happen. So, really, we should have had to give up something for him, but we didn't have to because it just, like, they, they, the GM of the A's let him go, basically, for yeah. his best interest because he was there for so long. So, I like him. Hopefully we can have a better year. I mean, my God, for the team that we have, we can't be having... Under five hundred seasons, and you know we'll go throughout the year on our podcast, and if it's going south, I'll let you know that he's a piece of trash. But for right now, I think it's a good hire. Playoff preview, of the NFL, which is starting to take shape, and uh, a lot of a lot of content there that'll Kinda change scary. week to week. That I know week nine to already. Go
1: down, man. I don't like this.
0: <sighs> and then that goes into the you know college football playoff as well, where the mm-hmm. rankings are at. We got Georgia, Bama. Who? Michigan State and Oregon. <laughs> Which right. I'm sure three and four will be interchangeable. We'll see if there's a massive upset with Georgia and Bama. Uh-huh. I think a lot of people expect Georgia to stay on top, but we'll see what happens. That's the beauty of week to week. Any given Saturday Ooh. or Sunday. <laughs> and then Bob Melvin, our new knight in sheriff. shining armor. Yeah, sheriff. He's
1: our new sheriff, man. Yeah, maybe
0: he'll tell Paddock to stop calling himself the sheriff and just, like, pitch a good game.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You know, just focus on a win. How about that? But polar bear, what do you got for the good people? Hey, you know, sports banter. uh, Thank you guys for being patient. We have uh, been a little slight hiatus, if you will. Slight, slight. You know, but easy. We we got (laughs) we got lives, if you know. I'm not to say that sports weren't about it. We just didn't have you know right scheduling wasn't working as usual. Um, But yeah, we did. You know, again, love. Coming back to you guys, again, sorry for so long not chit-chatting about sports, but, you know, just, again, make sure you're following our Instagram, underscore sports banter. We also have our link tree on that, which will jump into our uh, podcast and also our blog status. So, again, just continue to interact with the page. Jump on there. Give us likes, comments. You know, I don't know if you can give us. Yeah, you can give us a review on our podcast. Damn uh, I you can. (laughs) But yeah, an and exceptional episode. Again, you know, get Bob Melvin started. Get him in. Love get him be, in. Love to kind of be around that clubhouse right now. So <laughs> maybe we need you in there. I would love to be crack some skulls, kid. Dude, I love. Yeah. Sports are just, yeah, They're just just the tops. And for me, yeah, the <laughs> tops, man. And being around a fucking clubhouse locker room, it's just nothing like it. No, nothing can, nothing can touch. And that, I mean, it started our podcast
0: up for episode 37, Sports Banter. Out.